Welcome to the inaugural episode of Super High Sci-Fi Guys. Uh, normally, we consider, you know, introductions and explanations things that only lesser men need, but uh, we think that since it's the first episode, we ought to do some explaining. So we'll start with uh, who we are. I'm Clark, and here in our Cincinnati studio, I have my very own brother Grant. Say hello. Hello. And joining us from the nuclear post-apocalyptic wasteland that is New Jersey is Mr. Sam. Hi, Sam. Hey there. So super high sci-fi, you know, we're always high in sci-fi here, guys. You can take a lot from the name, but uh, what we're here mainly to do is just talk about sci-fi, talk about the genre, talk about things that are happening in it, talk about uh, our favorite parts, um, talk about things that we're concerned about, and just generally discuss a genre that's worth discussing. So uh, without further ado, we want to jump into some stuff that you guys may have seen recently, kind of on the overall movie sci-fi radar. Uh, He's back again. He's not driving a car through the front of a police station. He's killing some punks. For now, yeah, I'm sure that'll be in there somewhere. He's killing some punks who want his clothes. His name is Arnold Schwarzenegger, and he's back in Terminator Genesis, spelled S-Y-S like it's a system, because there's robots involved, I'm sure. So what do you guys think of this, Terminator Genesis? It's, uh... It's... I gotta say, after... I had watched it before, and then I watched it again... And I'm still a little, I'm a little confused as to what's happening here. I know that they send, they're sending someone back, you know, we see this, the story and everything, the little preview, it tells us that they're sending someone back to save Sarah Connor's, um, to save Sarah Connor. And he gets again, like, again. oh, everything's already changed. And Arnold Schwarzenegger is already there as the other Terminator. And right. I, I'm just, I'm unsure, like, is this someone else being sent back? during the time the Terminator was there, like when the original Arnold Schwarzenegger was bad, or is this a reboot of when they did send him back? So what I'm taking from this is that it's not necessarily a reboot, but they're kind of rebooting it in that they're sending back uh, Jai Courtney, who you would know from, uh, he's the bad guy in Jack Reacher. That's really all I know him from. Uh, He's, He's been in some good Australian films. Huh. Okay, so he's been in some good Australian films. He was the bad guy in Jack Reacher, and now he's ass naked going back in time. There's a great deal of time spent on him being naked in the time machine. Yeah, he's Kyle Reese. He's Kyle Reese, and he's going back to save Sarah Connor, as Kyle Reese should. Yeah. But then when he arrives there, apparently a whole mess of things has gone wrong because the old Arnold robot is there, and the old Arnold robot apparently knows what the other Terminator's plans are from Terminator 1 and 2. So now Sarah Connor is aware of what's going on, and Kyle Reese is sort of thrust into a situation where none of the old Terminator movies, the, the rules are different. Everything's changed. So you have to kill um, the original Arnold sent back, has to kill the younger Arnold who would be sent back to the Terminator 1 movie. This is fucking confusing, by the way. Yeah. And then there's now a new Terminator who is kind of like the T-1000 from Terminator 2, but it's a different guy playing him and he's coming back to kill Sarah Connor extra good this time but they the other robots have to kill him I mean this is turning into like George Lucas and Steven Spielberg discussing the battle droids it's gonna be great like who the fuck knows what's going on in this shit because it makes absolutely no sense at all I I feel good that you're saying this because I felt really stupid I was like I should understand this but no 
Sweet. This, yeah, like, like, am, am I dumb for not getting this? Like, yeah. You're actually pretty smart. Right. Do, you know, do I not have my quantum mechanics degree here? Like, this is just some wacky shit going on. I mean, from what I saw, it seemed like they were going for, here are the five things you know from Terminator, come with me if you want to live, I'll be back, him killing the punks. And, and then they just went like, let's build a script around that. Yeah. So, I, I, I don't know. What do you guys think about it? Oh, jeez. I mean, my question is, is, do we really need another Terminator movie? Um, I, I just question, haven't all the stories in this universe been told already? If they Apparently did an not. ending one, like basically the end of the whole world, like they beat Skynet or something, then maybe. But Yeah, and that would necessitate the movie taking place in that burned out barren future world kind of like salvation did and um salvation was horrible uh the story was just awful in that movie and uh terminator 3 the same thing it was just a self-parody and it was so dishonorable i think to the first two which were just masterpieces and i just i don't know it seems like arnold's doing the self-parody thing in this trailer as well so I'm, I'm not very enthusiastic about this one yeah yeah i see i mean it's I, 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 salvation was salvation was the one with the uh with the other the other guy who went back who had like the artificial heart right salvation was sam worthington is like the convict who gets yeah. executed in the yeah, beginning yeah. spoilers by the way and then he is resurrected as like i guess the prototype synthetic humanoid terminators like the real flesh and everything but the the creepy terminator programming yeah and he and christian bale who is the older john connor in the future have to battle skynet with the rest of the resistance and so on so forth blah blah blah. it basically explains how john connor comes to be in command of the resistance yeah yeah i remember that one but it does so in a, a very confusing fashion and and the whole movie is just a lot of robots shooting you know motorized robot bikes at each other yeah yeah. It looks like a Transformers movie, so, you know, if it's on TV, definitely watch it, but you don't really need to see it to understand uh, Genesis or, or any of the other Terminator movies. Yeah, it, like, here's the thing. I, I am all for this movie if it can get back to the great storytelling that was in the first two and the questions that it posed about artificial intelligence and how people relate to machines and, you know, can we really change our fate and everything like that, and... We didn't get any of that with Salvation or Terminator 3. Uh, I think Terminator 3, the message was just like, you know, shit, bad shit's going to happen to you and it's inevitable. Um, you know, you can't do anything about it, So, but just keep watching the movie. Um, Genesis doesn't seem like it's doing any of that from this trailer. It just seems like they're trying to highlight that they've got a lot of cool action and special effects and stuff. Right, and I, I think that this movie seems to be hey, do you remember when this happened in the other Terminator movies? And also, hey, do you remember how, you know, Game of Thrones, Lost My Dragons Girl's in it, Jai Courtney is in it, Arnold Schwarzenegger's in it. I'm I'm missing somebody. There's somebody else who's notable in the movie. Yeah. Mm, no, I can't. Drawing a blank. Uh, you know, I just think this goes to show we'll Grant's point. Out, do then? we need another Terminator um, movie here? It seems like the universe has been done to death. I mean... It's hard to remember some of these some of these movies because they should have just kept it at, you know, right. one and two were masterpieces and three was, not. No, three was three was definitely three was. It was just the whole movie seemed to be in service of, let's get to the scene in the graveyard, 
Yeah. Where Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> walks out a with a coffin scene. and a machine gun and shoots at a bunch of cops. I mean, it was a fun scene, and I liked the little tag in there they had with the psychiatrist guy yeah. who originally examined Sarah Connor saying, like, oh, you're crazy, and it's not a big deal. Robots like that don't exist. And then, you know, he sees the same robot, and that was kind of funny and everything, and a, a good touch and blah, blah, blah. But can you really build a movie around just, like, those little reference touches? Just, I think at this point, like Grant said, and, and like Sam said, in, in agreement with Grant, that um, – the, the universe is tapped out. Yeah. Like the oil well's dry. It's, it's time to go home. They, maybe, peed, they peed in the soup. Yeah. Maybe sit down with a legal pad and like work on a new idea. One of those crazy, wacky things people in Hollywood used to do. It's that like when you nice. come up with a new story, you don't just put a number after an old one. I, um, you know, uh, I, I do sympathize a lot with that, uh, especially when it comes to sci-fi. But, you know, I, I do think that Hollywood does get a bad rap on everybody who says, like, oh, Hollywood doesn't come up with any new ideas. But then when something new does come out, nobody goes and sees it. Because yeah. people want a movie that, that they want to know what they're getting, right? They want to be comfortable with what they're going to see. And that's why it's really hard to get a good sci-fi movie out there. Uh, I'm I'm happy that it's kind of on the ascendancy again, which we're getting some good movies like Interstellar and Gravity uh, in 2013. But you know, it's always it's always a tough road to hoe for yeah. you know movies with big ideas. Familiar universes nowadays. like book universes, I guess, are right. Right. I mean, it's easy to say they haven't done them already and everything, but I think mean, they're doing them more and more. And I, I guess it's not completely original if you're adapting something from a book to a movie screen but uh it was right, a good like, one i think edge funny. of tomorrow was one of the better sci-fi movies in the last five years it was like, a good one down it was funny yeah it, it was a good movie it was funny it was well acted had like the right pacing and it had you know a lot of action everybody loves explosions and shit but it was in service of the plot yeah i i mean my concern though is that this terminator movie looks like uh, the fact that it's a sequel to a sequel to a sequel aside it looks like Ooh. it's um kind of explode a plot in service of explosions yeah right i mean more yeah. so than a plot in service of you know ideas like grant said i i, I just just i guess my my point would be to contrast like go back and watch uh, the cyberdyne system scene from terminator 2 where the engineer <laughs> and um nice. what's the engineer's name <laughs> miles dyson right yeah miles dyson is yeah going- i know that Grant's our store of knowledge on this stuff. Miles Dyson and uh, Sarah Connor, John Connor, and uh, Terminator are going over to destroy the remnants of yeah. the original Terminator that uh, Cyberdyne studied and kind of got their ideas from. I mean, contrast that with, here's your mom's fake coffin full of machine guns and rocket launchers. Why don't you get in there, and then I'm going to walk out this wall, and we're going to blow shit up and fly to your dad's office at the Cyberdyne Computer Center with Skynet in it. And then, but Skynet was in Napster now, so it's in everybody's computer, and the world's already fucked. Sean it, Parker fucked right. this over. It just makes no sense. So I, I, I personally, my verdict on this movie, based on the trailers, I'm concerned we're going to get another movie that makes just, it's just fucking bananas. Like, who knows what is happening? Just trucks flipping over and things exploding, and there's a picture of Arnold Schwarzenegger with the Terminator glasses on, so it's okay. Yeah, my verdict, I'm going to probably see it. And it's probably going to suck, and I'm probably going to regret it, but I'm still going to see yeah, it. Yeah, I, I, I guess. I guess I will see it, but I don't know. We'll see. I, I, I don't know anymore. I, I've, 
I'm at that point with it where I don't know if I want to if I, it's worth it to me to go see it in the theater, and I think that says something right there about not that I'm you know a representative of a huge group of people, but to me as a sci-fi fan, I'm not super excited about this uh, Terminator movie. Maybe they'll release it on VOD. <laughs> Maybe, maybe. <laughs> and lose like millions of dollars simultaneously with a theatrical release. Yeah, it's it's been working for a few movies lately. Yeah, but you it, know. it could work. You know what? My real concern is that uh, is what's her face going to find her dragon somewhere in the past? Because she's always losing those fucking dragons. You, those of you guys who are Game of Thrones fans will know that. Uh, what's her name? Em- Emily Clark. Yeah. Emily Clark. Yeah. Yeah, is Sarah Connor in this movie, and she's just always losing those goddamn dragons. So maybe they're somewhere back in time. Maybe they're in the eighties. Who knows? God, they connect those universes. Um, there would be outrage. It wouldn't be the worst thing ever to come out of Hollywood. I mean, let's let's just leave it at that. It'd be like the Star Trek Doctor Who comic crossover, or, or the Star Trek X Men comic crossover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I shouldn't be too hard on the Doctor Who one. I actually like that one, but uh, the X Men one was. Uh, very yeah. ridiculous. I, I actually I read that that little <laughs> run with uh, Star Trek with uh, like Picard and didn't he um wasn't there also one with uh, Kirk? Uh, for yeah. Doctor Who. Yeah. I, I I'm not sure. I definitely read the one with uh, Picard and the Next Generation cast, which I I mean I laughed for couple pages when I was reading it just because it was preposterous, but it was actually pretty good. Uh, I'm not sure about the Kirk one. Wow, I haven't read not, that. It might have been, like, I thought it was the same time. Like, they did a split here in the past and future, but... But but can you imagine, though, like, how that story would play out in the, you know, the original series crew? Like, you know, the TARDIS just, like, whoosh, whoosh, appears on the bridge, and, you know, first thing Kirk's gonna do is probably, like, throw his shirt off and, like, punch <laughs> the guy or something when he comes out of the... Well, you know, that that depends. Is this gonna be at the beginning of the season where William Shatner's in shape, or at the end of the season where he's been eating the crew service food and he's kind of fat? Either way, he's gonna punch the doctor. And, I'm, you know. I'm, right, he's gonna punch him, but the shirt's gonna stay on if it's the end of the season. You know, Matt Smith, he's gonna get his hair oh, in a God. tussle or whatever. Yeah. He's going to get punched in the face. Actually, no, no, I shouldn't say that because it's Peter Capaldi. Yeah. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, who's awesome. I, I, you know, I do like him. I, I got to say, I'm not, I'm not a huge Doctor Who fan. I've watched it once or twice and never really got into it. But I, one of the episodes I, try, I tried watching when I was trying to get into it was with him. Yeah, the writing's much, much better uh, this season with Capaldi. And uh, I really like it so far because I got lost in some of the Matt Smith and Damon mm. Tennant episodes earlier. I believe it. I will confess right here, I've never seen a Doctor Who episode beyond the 10 minutes I watched where they were fighting like these wheelie trash bins with plungers on them. Oh, so, the, the Daleks. Yeah, I don't get why they're so... If, just tip them over. They're like turtles. They can't get back up, I will but, guarantee you. But they have, you know, they got death rays. You can't just go up and tip them over. They have, then come up, then come up from behind. They only have one in the front. It's a fucking they have a swivel. It's a spray paint. No, I know plunger. what you mean. I, I never <laughs> took them seriously either either as a villain, and I think that was a big problem for me. Are they gonna? Yeah, like what's their enemy? Are they gonna like a big shit? They have to unclog a toilet <laughs> from? Like what the fuck? <laughs> Very true. Well, they got, they, don't, they don't need to use the plunger. They got the ray gun to take care of those. What? Okay, so I guess Rotor Rooter is going to be replaced by the Daleks now. That's the and deal. I mean, like getting Get upstairs them with them as well. Like I know they can. What they can? Like they have little rockets and everything. I feel like you could just fuck them yeah, up can... in those seconds because it doesn't look like they go terribly quickly up with those rockets. So you're a little, little vulnerable here. You just like try and take that thing out. Like uh, like Clark said, tip it over, and I don't know. 
they're electric, right? Probably just throw some water on them. And you're set. <laughs> okay. So so our advice to the characters in Doctor Who now is to go Dalek tipping. Yes. Okay. Just like uh, Rob Lowe and Chris Farley in the classic movie Tommy Boy. Yeah. Except, you know, don't fuck it up because then you're going to get washing, you know, cow shit off your leather shoes at a gas station, which is no good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we, we trashed uh, Terminator pretty hard. <laughs> so now let's talk about something that we're, we're probably a little more optimistic on. Uh, unless you've been in a coma for the past couple months, you probably saw the Star Wars trailer for Star Wars 7. The Force, the Force Awakens. Awakens, yeah. Yeah, I was, I was waiting for you to jump in with that, so it was like a... Awakens from what, though? Has it been in a coma? <laughs> yes. For all these 30 years? Or? Yes, it has. It's awakening from the medically induced coma that George Lucas put it in around 2005. The Metachlorians are God. rising. <clears throat> yes. Exactly. Oh, if the Metachlorians did rise up and try to kill everybody, that would be an, an interesting movie because it could be like Osmosis Jones meets Star Wars. Mm. Osmosis yeah. Jones versus Star Wars. <laughs> interesting. Right? I know you're impressed with the reference, everybody. <laughs> but anyway, what do you guys think of the Star Wars trailer? I kind of thought it, I thought it looked pretty cool, and I'm hopeful that it's going to be a cool movie. But uh, after JJ Trek, I'm just not sure that. It's going to be Star Wars. It might be an action movie with some Star Wars stuff in it. I'm optimistic about it. It looks like Star Wars. You know, we see the action and a lot of cool stuff happening, and we get a look at the new Stormtrooper design and uh, probably a new Dark Jedi or Sith with a cross-guard lightsaber. I mean, all this stuff is really cool. Uh, the trailer itself, or the teaser, sorry. The teaser itself kind of looks like something anybody with Final Cut Pro and YouTube could do nowadays, but I'm optimistic since it got me interested in, in talking about it more. And I like the attention to detail, too. The Millennium Falcon has a new dish on it, replacing the one that Lando knocked off and never replaced. Well, I mean, was it Lando or was it the his co-pilot who did that? Oh, Nien Nub. <laughs> yeah, see, if I were Lando, I'd, I'd blame it on him, so he no, did it. I don't think you can blame the little Nien Nub guy. I think Lando's responsible. You know, he was in the driver's seat. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it's kind of a dick move to scratch your friend's car and give it back, but... Uh... The Celestin guy was the co-pilot. <laughs> what do you uh, think, Sam? I'm ca- I guess I'm cautiously optimistic. There, The Star Wars fan in me wants to be really excited that there's a new movie coming that isn't hopefully going to be like episode one, two, or three of the new movies. Um, although I will say for all the faults in the first three movies, I did like the battle, the lightsaber battle with um, Darth Maul was one of my, one of my favorites yeah. in all of the series. Cause that was like, you know, that was just, that was a legit <clears throat> lightsaber battle of the likes of which we, I guess, you know, in the third movie, I, I think, the one with uh, you know Anakin and Obi Wan was intense and everything, but my favorite will still always be the one episode one with Qui Gon and Darth Maul and Obi Wan. Right. Yeah, I totally agree with you because I remember seeing that in the theaters, and I was expecting a lightsaber duel like we got in Return of the Jedi, where it was kind of just like hum hum, like I'll throw my lightsaber at you, and you know clash back and forth and then we got like the acrobatics and double bladed lightsaber and it was just it was insane (laughs) it's probably why i saw it four times 
Yeah, that was that was really awesome, and there's some good attention to detail on that fight, like just creative use of the force. And I guess that's because there's you know more advanced film production, and everything, and blah blah blah. But it's really cool to think like it's so logical that Darth Maul would point at the little thing on the ground and move it into the button to open the door instead of touching the button. Like that's just such a nice little touch that I, I'm afraid that you're gonna miss maybe in a different movie because that's that sort of stopped. Attack of the Clones was just about. I don't even know what that was about. That was about something to do with clones, so they could start the clone war that everybody talked about. And then Revenge of the Sith was building up to the 45-minute lightsaber fight on a lava planet. Yeah. Yeah. Right, which ended kind of like, done, I'm going to cut your legs and arm off, and you're going to say you hate me. See you later. Peace. And I like that this new Star Wars teaser really seems like it's trying to force a lot of great stuff into this little, I think it's less than two minutes Mm -hmm. of footage. You know, so we're... We're getting the highlight reel, essentially, of, of what's coming out. And I, I like it because it harkens back to, you know, that cool lightsaber fight with Darth Maul and all the great scenes in the original trilogy. And, you know, seeing new characters, just the little that we do see of them, it's it's exciting, you know, for a Star Wars fan. Right, exactly. I think that uh, you want to put yourself back in, what, 1997? Yeah. When the Phantom Menace trailer dropped. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of like wow, this could be really cool. So I'm willing to give it the benefit of the doubt based on this teaser trailer and I'm sure based on, I guess, the more substantive trailer that's going to come out, I kind of get the feeling again that it's like 97 when it's, you know, okay, this could be pretty good. Yeah, and based on what he did to Star Trek, I'm distrustful of J.J. Abrams just as a matter of course, but I do think he's a fan and I think fans treat Star Wars like a sacred object, and so I'm optimistic that he really, really wants to do a good job with this. And I think Disney is a good studio to have uh, behind him on this. I don't think they're going to let this fail. And they did a good job with Marvel. So I think that speaks in their favor. Very yeah, good job with Marvel. Everyone, everyone was afraid when they took it, but they, they did say they were going to keep things pretty much the same, but... They, you know, they, there's a difference between saying you'll do something like that and actually being able to stay the course in terms of quality. So, so that is, that is true. Yeah. They, they have, Disney has done a, de- has a pretty decent track record lately. Yeah. They say, you know, I remember when they bought them and everybody was like, oh, there goes yeah. comic books and stuff. And then we, and then we got Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man and, and yeah. that was awesome. And yeah. thank God for Robert Downey Jr. and. Thank God he was willing to take it in the ass on not getting paid any money for Iron Man because he really started the whole thing. I mean, technically, if you want to be, you know, really nitty gritty about it, it was the the last Hulk movie that was the the technical start of that new Marvel films yeah. universe. Yeah, nobody cares. About yeah, the Hulk right, right. But I, Iron <laughs> Man definitely picked it up, and they haven't had a bad one since. I mean, there have been some that have been less impressive, like Thor two was kind of eh, but none of them have been like, oh, that was fucking yeah. awful. They've all been at least good. Yeah, and I mean, Star Wars, uh, apparently they've they've finished shooting now, and they're doing all the editing and sound design and everything as we speak. So I, I'm looking forward to this because they've got so much time to make this right and make sure they do it right. And so much time to make sure Harrison Ford is, you know, out of his cast for the premiere after they tried to kill him. Yeah. Yeah, Poor dropping guy. doors on him. Yeah, he broke his yeah. leg, right? He's 70-what... Yeah. yeah. It's painful, probably. That, that's no small injury for somebody who's yeah. in the 70s. That's that's horrific. He's not a young actor. No, no, he's not uh, having somebody teach him how to use a whip on the weekends in his driveway <laughs> anymore. <laughs> but um, kind of speaking uh, in a similar topic, you guys, like, 
What do you think about uh, this Justin Lin from Fast and Furious moving over to direct the J.J. Uh, Track 3 that's coming out? Because obviously J.J. Abrams is busy with Star Wars, so he can't be there to direct it. Uh, for those of you who are unfamiliar with the Fast and Furious, I'm not sure you could be at this point, but if you are, it's a movie about underground street racing culture, and Vin Diesel has a fast car with neon lights on the bottom of it. And invariably, the police show up, and they're on a highway, and they move the car under a semi-trailer, and there's lots of hot women wearing nothing who are conducting the race countdown. Very confusing movies if you don't like cars. Very weird movies if you do like cars. But, I mean, what do you think of him taking over Star Trek? Are we going to see some neon lights on the bottom of a few cruisers, or what? Enterprise Space Race inject some NOS into the warp core? Yeah, open the dilithium taps yeah, up. You know, you know what, though? I've yeah. been thinking about him. I gotta say, I saw, I've seen, like, I think I've seen up to three or four of the whole Fast and Furious thing. Mostly because they were on TV or Netflix or something. And the one where they were in Japan was actually entertaining. I gotta say. And Tokyo Drift is one that Justin Lin yeah, directed. Yeah, that gives. I mean, yeah. you know, it wasn't. These are Fast and Furious, so the bar isn't super high high here. But it was entertaining, we'll say. So, so I mean, he can make an entertaining movie, and, and that's you know undisputable. But uh, what do you think this means in the context of Star Trek going from you know being Star Trek and being cerebral and about ideas and everything to hey, it's quote unquote Star Trek, but most of it is check out the green girl's tits and we're going to blow the fucking shit out of that ship. Yeah, I, I think it's more of the same. Right. Like, Star Trek has become just basically a generic action movie franchise with Star Trek pasted on top of it. And I think hiring Justin Lin is just a, you know, affirmation from the studio that that's what they want. They want movies that you can go see and don't have to really think about and... You know, just see the Enterprise blow up. Shit. Cheap thrills. Yeah. Cheap thrills, expensive drinks at the concession stand. It's a win-win. Yeah. Yeah, it is the, the action thing is something that worries me, too. I, I worry if Star Trek's really going to have any as, as much depth as it did, and hopefully more depth than the first three movies. But are the, the new first three movies, to clarify, but... Or the first, first two. Oh yeah, the for you. I don't know. You liked uh, Star Wars Episode Three. It was. A, We're talking about Star Trek. It, it was. It was all right, but I mean, the original, original three, like four, five, and six, were. Oh, okay. So we, but that's Star Wars. We're talking about oh, Star Trek. No, we're not. I thought. I thought you we were just talking about. <laughs> <laughs> You high fuck, we're talking about Star Trek. Uh, <laughs> Justin I, I Lin is directing J.J. Trek 3. <laughs> well, that, that just uh, put me well, off yeah. my turn of thought there. No, no, okay, so we're talking about J.J. Abrams has left the Star Trek franchise to direct Star Wars, so in his place, Justin Lin from the Fast and Furious series has come in to take over oh, Star oh, Trek oh, sorry, 3. Yeah, I just... In the J.J. I went back universe. onto Star Wars when, when you brought me to J.J. Abrams. You did. You did. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. The, the new <laughs> Trek universe, the first... I mean, you know, a lot of people I feel like feel this way, that the new reboot of it hasn't been that successful, and there, there could be some cool places it could go. I'm always interested in seeing more of the universe expanded in Star Trek. 
If they do something with Romulans, that could be fun. The new Klingons look interesting. Maybe that could be something good. But um, there's a great Kickstarter movie called The Battle of Axanar, I believe, that's coming out. They had a pre- or the prelude to Axanar was kind of a documentary movie, and that came out. I mean, that's that's out, and the other one's starting eventually. And uh, the cast in it's right. pretty good, so maybe uh, that will be good. But they're already kind of dealing with a lot of this Trek Federation versus the Klingon Empire, so I don't think they're going to go to that same area. I don't even know most of what the story's about yet. Right, and, and what Sam's referring to, everybody, you want to Google this, it's uh, Star Trek Axanar.com. That's A X A N A R.com. Uh, it's the movie that. Uh, so for those of you who are original series fans, the uh, name Garth of Izar, 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 Izar should sound familiar to you. Um, for those of you who aren't, this is uh, obviously a fictional captain because it's Star Trek, so I don't want anybody to get their pants in a bunch that uh, it's not real. But within the context of Star Trek, this is one of Captain Kirk's kind of influential heroes. This guy went to, to Axanar and really kicked the Klingon's ass. And what what Sam is talking about is um, the movie about the actual battles coming out in 2015. But there was sort of a, a teaser trailer documentary kind of all in one that was released in 2014. Google it. It's about uh, from the perspective of the captains and the admirals who were in the battle talking about everything, talking about the context of what happened. Uh, like Sam said, it's got a pretty impressive cast. Uh, Gary Graham, who was the uh, ambassador, the Vulcan ambassador, Saval, and Enterprise, the guy who was constantly telling Captain Archer that, you know, you can't do this, that, and the other thing. Yeah. Great character. character. It's got Richard Hatch in it, and you may know him. Is he still working? Richard Hatch is still working. He's doing convention appearances and uh, apparently Star Trek Axanar. Good for him. He was in Battlestar Galactica, the original, the 70s one, and he was in Battlestar Galactica, the reimagined one with Edward James Olmos in it. Um... He was, a, I think, what was he? he was Mr. Zeta? Zetar? Mr. He was, I don't know. He, Tom Zarek, yeah. Zarek, yeah. yeah. Sorry, I knew it, had a, knew it had a Z in it. He was a convict, I think, in uh, he was the a political Battlestar Galactica. Freedom, uh, fighter. Yeah, okay, yeah, I'm sorry. He was but, a freedom fighter. But he was kind of a terrorist, who, you know, too, because to he blew up people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Went to prison for killing a bunch of people, but it was for yeah. a good reason. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's got uh, Axanar has uh, also Garrett Wang in it, and if that name sounds familiar to you, it's because that's Ensign Harry Kim from Voyager. He finally got promoted to captain. He's, oh, I was going to ask if he was still an ensign. Yep, yeah, finally made it. He's Captain Morok, which sounds like he's a Klingon. And then uh, the actual kind of uh, eponymous here guy, uh, Garth of Izar, is Alec Peters, who was in. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard of this, but it was uh, Star Trek The New Voyages. It was kind of a fan-made series uh, about setting the kind of around the original series timeline. Uh, I don't really know what came of it, but I guess uh, good for Alec Peters that it dovetailed into this actual movie that has had a very successful Kickstarter campaign. And according to their website, they're going full tilt. They're ready. They're on the way. Huh. They're on the way. They're on the way. Well, it's slated for a 2015 release, so I have to assume that they're going to be on their way to a theater near you or maybe at VOD in the next 12 months. Who knows? Yeah, I'll watch it on VOD. Yeah. Well, I hope it gets a a theater release because it looks pretty impressive. And I think after, you know, years of Captain Picard shooting people, shooting funny monsters in the face and saying action movie lines 
and J.J. Abrams just having Star Trek be about lens flare and explosions. It might be nice to go back to something that has a little bit more to do with the ramifications of the events depicted as opposed to just the actual events depicted. Yeah, the thing with releasing it on VOD, though, is it's a great way for them to get uh, you know a measure of interest in it and to generate an audience. And There's been a lot of movies that start out on VOD and they've uh, transitioned to uh, the big screen. Uh, Snowpiercer. Mm is undergoing that transformation right now started out on demand and now it's gained this cult following yeah that was a yeah. weird movie yeah I yeah it was that. cool i it was watched good. it on it was VOD weird too. <laughs> uh, yeah i watched it on the idea as well of course yeah <laughs> but the on star trek 3 and justin lynn uh i just think that they're burying the lead, really, in announcing that they've gotten Justin Lin directing this, because the real news, to me, is that uh, Bob Orsi is out of the director's chair. He's not directing the movie. He's, in fact, not even writing it. He's just being a producer on Star Trek III. Um, so they're not using a script by Orsi and Kurtzman, who are responsible for Star Trek 2009 and Into Darkness and, you know, all the problems that exist with 2009 and just the flaming pile of shit that was into darkness. And I think that's actually a really positive sign for the franchise because getting some new writers in there with new ideas, I think is always a good thing when it comes to a franchise like this, that really, really needs a reinvention beyond being a generic action franchise. I mean, I think that's the best thing that could happen right now. It could be. It could be. It could be. But, I don't know. Personally, coming off of J.J. Trek and uh, having seen a couple Fast and Furious movies that Justin Lim was behind, it's going to look really interesting, and I'm sure I'm not going to get, like, actually legitimately bored watching it. But as far as it being a a quote-unquote real Star Trek movie that's about Star Trek as opposed to action movie with Star Trek stuff in it, I'm... When are we going to see Zoe Saldana's tits? I, I don't know. Probably at some point in this uh, this movie, <laughs> I got I got to put it out there that uh, well, Spock has gone from being a logical Vulcan to a, like a sex crazed maniac who had like you know Oedipus issues with his mom, and went psycho nuts on Khan and started punching him in the face on a hover truck in San Francisco. So you know anything's possible. The movie could suck, could not. But uh, well, what do you guys think? Let me ask you. What's what's your your final verdict on this? Just having seen this information, uh, my verdict right now is that I think it's going to be more of the same. I think it's going to be a generic action movie with Star Trek put on top of it, just whitewashed with Star Trek. I mean, I'm probably not going to go see it if that's what it's going to be because uh, the last two have disappointed me so much. Uh, what do you think, Sam? Am I hopeful? Not really. Will I see it? I don't know. Maybe, if, like I said, if it's some new undiscovered territory and not just like rebooting something old, maybe I will. But it's got to look pretty good for me to give it up. Otherwise, I'm just going to wait for it to come online or something. Right. I mean, that's that's my, I guess my takeaway from it is that I might go see it in the theater, depending on how the trailer looks, but I'm right now, if I had to make a decision today, I'm going to wait until it's available on VOD or something to take a yeah. look at it. Because I just don't know if it's worth the trouble of going to the theater 
even though that's not very much trouble, but that's sort of the bar of interest on this movie, that after J.J. Abrams got finished, you know, fucking the corpse and leaving it in the alley, I'm just not sure what Dr. Frankenstein and Justin Lin's going to be able to do with it. Yeah, and they have a lot to answer for. I mean, They do. They really do, because Into Darkness was essentially a really bad remake of Star Trek yeah. 2, which didn't need a remake in any sense of the word. I mean, Star Trek 2 is a perfect movie, in my opinion, and it's probably the best Star Trek movie out there and they remade it with no story a bunch of nonsensical action and i mean even ripping off the lines from star trek 2 i mean that was just i i was just kind of angry after i saw that movie because they took something i loved and turned it into shit right and their their clever approach to that was just to change around who said the lines? Yeah, and then, <laughs> and then in the end of the movie, of course, like there were no consequences. Nothing mattered. Everybody got, you know, Kirk got his ship back. Kirk didn't die because of Khan's fucking super blood. That was, you know, magic so blood. Stupid. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. That's kind of what Star Trek Two for me was more about. Like, especially because there's all that discussion of the uh, the Kobayashi Maru test yeah, and everything, yeah. which you saw in Star Trek 2009. Is that Captain Kirk always rolls the dice, and it usually comes up in his favor, but when it doesn't, his best friend dies, so that's kind of a big deal. But the way they tied this up in Star Trek Into Darkness was, okay, Spock's good friend Kirk dies, and that's sad, but oh wait, no, Khan's superblood is there. So I can imagine that Khan is now strapped down somewhere in a Starfleet facility just giving out his superblood. <laughs> Yeah, and actually there was a really funny thing that happened in 2013 when this came out. Uh, apparently some fans, much as we're doing right now, got in uh, Bob Orsi's face at a convention and were <laughs> heckling him about this, and he just flew off the handle and told them they were fucking assholes and that Star Trek Into Darkness had so much more political and social commentary in it than like any of the other old Star Trek movies, which was just a fucking ridiculous statement to make, and I think he realized that because he quit <laughs> Twitter yeah. about two weeks after. That. I mean, <laughs> so what year did the Undiscovered Country come out? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And for those of you who uh, weren't alive or weren't cognizant at that point, that's right around when the Soviet Union uh, disintegrated. So that that movie may have had a little bit more of a political connotation about two great powers coming together to work for the future. But, you know, we're just a bunch of assholes. Bob Orsi's probably the guy you want to listen to on that one. Right. And, and you know, Into Darkness, like, Okay, we get it. You know, there's some thinly veiled commentary on the legality of drone strikes and stuff with these long-range torpedoes. And, you know, Kirk Kirk has to learn a lesson about being a self-sacrificing leader and all this stuff. And, you know, like, arguably, sure, he learns (laughs) it in the end because he has to sacrifice himself. But but then he gets brought back to life. So did he really learn anything? I ask Yeah, it doesn't sound like it. No. It sounds like he can do whatever he wants and he'll he'll get away with it. Yeah, and then he got his ship back and got his fucking five-year mission assigned to him, and then, like, right. you know, everything's hunky-dory. <laughs> everything's great, and now he's going to go back to playing beer pong. Because that's honestly what I think of when I see this new Captain Kirk. He looks like he should have a visor on, flipped up upside down on his head, and he should be shooting <laughs> beer pong. I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> just set the table up right on the command chair and just play beer pong, because that would make more sense than what happened in Into Darkness. Like his preppy command gold sweater and everything. <laughs> It's, yeah, the the Ralph Lauren Polo Command Gold. It's pop collar. Pop the collar, put the visor on upside down, wear some pastel shorts, and just, you know, go to town. Go to town. I, I Yeah, that you know what? I, wanted, I would love to hear the original idea of 
the gold shirt and everything, how that came to be. I mean, you know, I, by, besides the main writer, like, I would love to see that in, like, a writing room. You try to do that in a current TV show or something. It's like, each person will wear a different color for their rank. They'll have it by a shirt color. Like, they will wear a shirt of that color, Whoa. and that'll indicate what rank they are. Uh, the the color thing I think is that well number one it's red yellow blue so it's the primary colors which are obviously the most distinguishable by the yeah. human eye and, and it's also a matter of you want to differentiate I guess between the functions because if everybody's wearing the same uniform then it's like there's just a shitload of these people walking around but then it becomes easier for you to say oh okay well medicine science blue command gold in the original yeah. series red in next generation onward because everything in the next generation was kind of a beige cream so they didn't want their guys to blend in. <laughs> yeah. And, and and red in the original series for security and gold for security and engineering in the next generation. And I, I think that that's uh, the way that came to be as far as I know. Yeah. It was yeah. just trying to be visually distinctive. And that works certainly in the JJ track because everything, the backgrounds are all white. There's a lot of white going on. It's a very Apple computer-looking ship they have. Yes, it's unapologetically plastic. Yes, it's very plastic, very plastic, and it has lots of lens flares on it. Yeah. You, you, you know, just, I mean, just riffing here, what I would really, really like to see, instead of making another Star Trek movie with, you know, car chases and crap like that, it's like, we really need to get Star Trek back on the small screen. There needs to be a really good... Star Trek television show. I think that's that's what's been missing. That's the void that really needs to be filled. And I I was so disappointed with what happened with Enterprise mm. and I, I really wish we could get a new Star Trek series that kind of and there's so many avenues they could go on. I mean, even if they wanted to go back with some old characters, I mean, remember at the end of Nemesis, Riker becomes captain of the Titan and they're going off to this unexplored region. Yep. I mean Maybe they could follow up with that. I'm sure Jonathan Frakes would jump at that. <laughs> I mean, he would... And I know uh, Troy, uh, she's not doing anything really either. Uh, Miranda Sirtis? Yeah. Yeah. So I think she would jump on as well. And it's not like they haven't done that before. I mean, uh, Worf was, uh, you know, he was on Next Generation, and then they moved him over to Deep Space Nine, and he became one of the most popular characters in both series. And Chief O'Brien was just the transporter guy, and he became a main character on DS9. Right. Exactly. But uh, you didn't like the end of Enterprise? You didn't like the conclusion to the Tholian web story? Oh, God, that's About their, tr- their tri-cobalt warhead that brought the Enterprise into the other galaxy uh, or the other universe? That no? was like okay. a cop-out. Well, I mean, it was obviously Brandon Braga. I'm alleging this, obviously, I don't know this for a fact, but he must have just had a huge rail of coke <laughs> on his desk one day. Probably. And just blew blew through that motherfucker with the rest of the writers and came up with whatever wacky idea they could to make it so they could have the Mirror Universe show up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because everybody loves the goatees and the Nazi doctors torturing yeah. people. Plus, they got to have what's-her-face, um, I forget the actress who plays to Paul, have her, you know, bear her midriff and everything in her slave outfit. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Hoshi. Hoshi. Well, Hoshi and and to Paul were also were all the women were dressed like in the I I'm wearing basically like a, a halter top. Yeah, because that's and, how the mirror universe yeah. people dress. Ex- oh, exactly. They're I think they're they're just trying to. That was a pretty big deal for UPN or whatever that was on. Yeah. Yeah. UPN. UPN. Yeah. What a network. Good old UPN. Now the CW. <laughs> now the God. CW, which stands for like. Cockwaxer, like who knows what that stands for? I, I don't know what it stands for. Yeah, it's, uh... 
the only thing of note on the CW I've heard about is Arrow. That's that's about it. What's going uh, on there? The Flash. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. Oh yeah, the Flash. Good point. Flash is good pretty good and too. I think I, I I don't know I kind of like it. it's entertaining. I've not seen it. No, no. I wanted to look into it, but I was going to watch Arrow first because um, I think that the obviously they're getting ready for as you may or may not know out there, everybody. The Justice League movie is happening in fits and starts. So I hope that's good, but uh, I'm worried already. Right. <laughs> We, we may get to see, I guess, eventually some Arrow content in there, depending on how many characters they want to drag mm-hmm. in. So I, I think that they're they're kind of doing what Marvel did in Marvel, making sort of the smaller movies like Iron Man to lay the foundation for their big movies like The Avengers. Maybe they're doing that with TV. Yeah, I mean, they, they did announce the Slash is going to be in the movie like the day, uh, was the day after one of the big Flash episodes or something. After it got renewed, I believe that's when they announced it. Except it's like you know, it's a different actor, of course, which 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 is right. interesting. I don't know how I feel about if it would have been nice if it was the TV actor, I guess, but I don't know. It, well, it seems you, like a wasted opportunity. You know what? You know what I do know. I know that uh, I don't have good feelings about what's going to happen in Star Trek Three. I do have good feelings about what's going to happen with Jurassic World, which is another trailer you guys may have seen out yeah. there. Uh, it's it's featuring Chris Pratt, hot off of Guardians of the Galaxy and Parks and or Park and Rec, sorry, Parks and Rec. I got that right the first time. Uh, so they've opened the park finally. It looks like they've they've gotten their shit together at last. Uh, they got a SeaWorld part of it going on. A lot of attention to detail on the trailer. It looks like a real live theme park with dinosaurs, just like John Hammond said it would. And I, I'm kind of interested in it. Uh, I'm interested in what's going on. The trailer doesn't give a whole lot of content as to the plot, but from what we can glean, the park's open. Chris Pratt works there. Uh, maybe he's the veterinarian or the game warden or something, something to do with managing the animals in the park. He looks like the game yeah. warden. And, and then there's, as usual, Jurassic Park, something goes wrong, someone spills coffee on the computer, whatever. Shit happens. Dinosaurs get out, and there's a creepy genetically engineered super dinosaur monster that's running around the island, fucking everything up. I think it looks pretty cool. Uh, I think after Jurassic Park 3, we can only go up in the world. So what do you guys think? I think it looks cool. Uh, I'm really excited about it, actually, especially if we can get back to uh, that really you know, deep, introspective look in, uh, that we had in Jurassic Park, the original movie, about you know, unintended consequences and should we really be using science in this way? And, you know, how are people and animals that no longer should exist going to coexist in this world today? And I mean, I'm looking forward to that. And Chris Pratt is great. I think he's a great guy to helmet. Uh, Bryce Dallas Howard is in it too, as a scientist, and she's done a lot of good work um, in recent years. And I am excited to see her and, I just kind of like the look of this movie. It doesn't look fake. Everything, all the CGI that we saw looks real. Um, and it looks like there's... We don't see anything, really, of this new dinosaur and the action that's happening. I like that they're teasing hmm. us. Yeah, I like that they showed a little bit of restraint. I mean, they did have a couple money shots with the... Um, I'm going to fuck up the name, so you're going to have to say it for me. The plesiosaur? Plesiosaur. plesiosaur. The plesiosaur 
coming out to grab his big uh, meat snack at the SeaWorld exhibit and splash the kids. A meat snack. Yeah. I mean, they had some. Yeah, I, we don't know what it is. It, I, it was a shark. It's a shark. Oh, okay. <laughs> Apparently, I do know what it is. I'm just I'm dumbass. Um, grabbing the shark, <laughs> kind of like the the raptors, I guess. Grab the cow from the the Jurassic Park, the first movie. Yeah. So that was cool. That was a nice touch. Made it seem more like a, a real identifiable place, like SeaWorld. Um, I thought that there's a lot of mystery, I guess, in the movie as to what's going on with the raptors that are running alongside Chris Pratt in a yeah. motorcycle. Like, are They're they like his friends now? Or something. Are they, so after that Billy kid gave back the egg, it's all cool I now. guess. Yeah. Yeah. I guess they're good. Um, I mean, maybe they're the same cybernetic dinosaurs from Jurassic Park 4, <laughs> the original script, where uh, InGen's rival company that Dennis Nedry was working for through uh, Dotson, the now sex offender guy. But uh, the shaving cream can that he stole the embryos with got found by the special, I guess, search team that this other company sent in to find it. And they cloned up their own uh, dinosaurs, their own raptors and everything, and somehow decided that the best use of uh, raptors was to cybernetically enhance them to rob banks, was the script idea. You know why the raptors go to the banks? No, why? Because that's where the money is. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That was a good callback. Um, For those of you who don't know what he's talking about, you're going to have to suffer in ignorance. We're just going to have an in-joke here. You won't really suffer because... You'll suffer if you actually read the concept for that script. It was like make your eyes bleed kind of bad. Yeah. It's uh it I'm glad it didn't get made. Let's just put it that way. This looks like a much better Jurassic Park 4. Yeah, Jurassic World, I'm really excited about that. I think it's coming out this summer, right? Yeah. It yes, this summer. Yeah. I'm definitely gonna go see I, it. I'll go see it probably. I you know, they're always fun movies to see. If I if I flip on if it's on Netflix, I'll probably watch it, or if it's on TV I'd watch it, but yeah, you know, I, I I'm caught. I'm optimistic. We'll see. Hopefully, hopefully it'll be good. I'll probably end up seeing it. You know, I'll probably just I'll bring bring my girlfriend to it or something. I'm sure it'll be a good mo- date movie. Yeah, Absolutely. dinosaurs snacking yeah. on people. Dinosaurs. It sounds like yeah, a good yeah. Movie. It'll be fun. <laughs> here's well, here's a movie you can take your girlfriend to. Sam, did you know that uh, this is news to me, and uh, I think probably news to a lot of people. The guys behind the 1990s Mortal Kombat movie that uh, you, some of you may yes. have seen are doing a film based on another video game property. Can you guys guess what it is? Do you know? Yeah. Tetris. It, yes, it's, it's Tetris. That's right. Uh, it's, it's not Halo or anything else that you would think they would do a movie about. It's about Tetris. It's about falling blocks. So, I mean, we're always looking out for weird shit here at Super High Sci-Fi, but... This one has me stumped. I don't know how you make a Tetris movie. That's and bear in mind, this is not a movie about how Tetris was made or about people playing Tetris. It's a it's a movie set conceptually within the quote unquote Tetris, the Tetris universe. Tetris video game is so a world. Blocks right. falling on people. That's that's what I mean. Like, what is it going to be? Like an underground resistance is trying to push the blocks <laughs> away or something? Like, who knows? An underground it's, resistance. I like that in Tetris. In I mean, the year twenty one hundred, the blocks came. Yeah, exactly. I guess like they're gonna do an Independence Day where the blocks, you know, slowly deorbit over the moon and they start setting up a signal. Well, you know what they really need to do is get like a, a top notch A list actor for this. Like they need to get like Matthew McConaughey or something. They're like, wow, these blocks falling on me, man. So you know, like have him do like Waterson or something from Dazed and Confused, but in Tetris. And I, I, either that, or I think it could be a, a good Nicolas Cage movie. Oh, yeah. I think Why he would, are all these blocks falling on me? Yeah, I think he would enjoy that. He'd uh, definitely get some new hair plugs out of the deal, too. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, quick, quick, quick little side comment. Uh, I was doing some work today, and I was I started watching that that old movie. It's from two thousand three. I don't know. I didn't ever see it till today. Reign of Fire. Base base. Yeah, the dragons. Oh, yeah, I'd never seen it. I did not realize um, Matthew McConaughey was one of the main characters in it. Yeah, and he gets eaten yeah. by the. the <laughs> but dragon. it goes out in yeah. style because he has yep. a huge battle axe that he jumped. The dra- he already shoots the dragon in the mouth, and it didn't work. And so the dragons come at him. So he can either just like try and escape, probably going to die from the fall anyway, or he can take his huge axe and jump out, trying to like stab it through the head or whatever with his last axe. And he goes for the ladder, yeah, I, which is awesome. Even though it fails and he gets he gets <laughs> eaten like in mid jump, but at least he tried and he gets credit for that. I liked that movie a lot. It was that was a good good sci fi movie. Yeah, that was an excellent movie. There, and a nice touch there too when uh, Christian Bale and the other guy are trying to reenact Star Wars for the <laughs> kids. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lots of good little like post apocalyptic touches in there that. Uh, Came out. I think that's a movie that kind of got uh, went under the radar, was unrecognized, really, because mm. you don't hear a lot of people referencing yeah. that anymore. I, I mean, I'd always heard and, about it, but I never really, I'd never seen it. It was definitely when I came out, I was like, oh, I want to see this, but I don't know. It just never became something that was so huge in my mind to go see. But it was, it was entertaining. It was a good, it was a good, decent movie. And Matthew McConaughey was really funny as one of the main characters. Like he shows up, like. Oh, like probably twenty or so minutes into the movie, maybe a bit more. And uh, but he's he's fun. Yeah. And honestly, though, I kept thinking a lot of times he was going like, "Well, all right, all right, all right." Let's you know. I was just waiting for him to say it, but <laughs> I knew it wasn't coming. I was like, "This is definitely him," because I could hear him saying that. Yeah, go from being like the weirdo stoner surfer guy to like the super psycho intense marine yeah. guy. I I don't know. Matthew McConaughey is a versatile guy. Maybe he could make a Tetris movie work. Maybe he and Nicolas Cage could both star in the Tetris movie. Maybe they're, I don't know. Maybe Face he's, off Tetris. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Maybe he's an orange block and needs to be a blue block. And they need to transfer over. Are, are we going to be finding out Who anything knows? more about the plot anytime soon? I hope not. I yeah. <laughs> I'm just curious because you look um, forward to movies that are so bad sometimes. That's uh, that's one that I'm I'm. I think might be in that category, but I might just see it eventually because it looks so terrible. Yeah, I, I don't know if there if that's uh, any information forthcoming on the movie in the immediate future because the announcement I read just said that uh, uh, a studio had quietly released uh, the information that they have the option on it, they're going ahead and doing it, and they're, I guess, working on the script and trying to get the pre-production going. Huh. So who knows? Who knows? The... We're kind of rounding third base here, guys, but there is one thing we want to let you know before we say goodbye. Uh, if you want to check out Amazon.com, it's got a lot of good deals on there, particularly a deal that you might be interested in if you're a sci-fi fan, because the Alien Blu-ray collection that features all of the Alien movies, two discs worth of bonus content, plus the bonus content you would normally get on a disc you know, with the movie is on an amazing discount, huge discount. What's it going for, Grant? Yeah, it's going for like under $25. I actually talked myself into buying it, and I'm glad I did because I got four, well, two great movies and yeah. <laughs> uh, two uh, not-so-great movies, but interesting nonetheless. Uh, 
for a really low price. Uh, I love the special features on these. They're great about how they made the movies. Um, they've got commentary tracks if you want to watch that. I think it's... And on Blu-ray, especially Aliens, looks fantastic. They look great. Uh, I recommend getting this for anybody who doesn't already have it. It's, it's really awesome. And just to note, um, they have a documentary about... Uh the documentary process of redoing this for Blu-ray, don't they? About cleaning the negatives and everything. Yeah, making the anthology. They've got a section about that, and that's really cool how they they went through and cleaned all the film up. And, you know, even just from the quadrilogy they released in 2003, uh, these look so much better. So if you're an Alien uh, movie fan, even if you're just a movie fan in general and you kind of like Aliens, I would probably take a look at it because it's so cheap. I take a look at it just for the documentary about how they transferred it to Blu-ray because that's really kind of fascinating if you're into film, how they go through that process. Plus, you get to see James Cameron going back and indulging himself a little bit and editing out stuff that only he knows is wrong with the movies <laughs> yeah. because he saw it. Yeah. But it's done in a, in a seamless way, not a uh, George Lucas way. There's no extra droids going yeah. around the screen. It's not dense There's no lightsaber fights. It, it's just little things like uh, Bishop's... Um, sleeve that puts him under the set he kind of pops out of it a little bit when he's cut in half and you can sort of see it but only james cameron really knew it was there and it really bugged him apparently so he went back and fixed that yeah and i always appreciate <laughs> that attention that obsessive attention to detail that people like james cameron have when they make movies and aliens is great looks great on this uh so again get the set yep. if you don't already have it's on Amazon.com. Just look for Alien Blu-ray Collection. Yeah, you may not have heard of this Amazon.com website. It's it's apparently pretty cool. Yeah, it's kind of a big thing. Yeah. It's on this internet. Something I heard they other. deliver things by drones. I don't know. Maybe. They've, they've Maybe. started to a little bit in some cities, actually. So you might see their helicopters going around. Well, you might get your Alien package delivered by a drone. Then. Yeah, cool. Who knows? Although I prefer that, like the loader, the cargo loader, deliver it to my front door. Yeah, or the synthetic. synthetic. Or yeah, or the UPS guy is a synthetic UPS guy and driving a cargo loader drops it off. That'd be fun. Yeah, or a synthetic Michael Fassbender just delivering it to me. Something like that. All right, everybody. So that uh, that brings our our first episode to to an end here. We want to thank you for listening and encourage you to uh, tune in, as it were, next time. Uh, For the record, I'm Clark. I'm Grant. I'm Sam. And this has been Super High Sci-Fi. Thanks for listening.